This is Educate for Life with Kevin Conover on AM 1170, The Answer. Educate for Life, a look at current events from today's headlines and how they affect you. What you believe shapes your worldview and your ultimate destiny. Learn more now at educateforlife.com. Now, in studio, here is your host, Kevin Conover. Bring your tide and bring your shame. Bring your guilt and bring your pain. Don't you know that's not your name? You will always be much more to me. Welcome to Educate for Life. I'm your host, Kevin Conover. We're on AM 1170, The Answer, in San Diego every Sunday from 4 to 5 p.m. You can also stream the show at am1170theanswer.com. My website is educateforlife.org, and you can pick up a recording of this uh, this show here tomorrow, if you like, and we've got recordings of all our shows on there. My ministry specifically is to help people get answers to their questions about the Bible. We've got a bunch of online classes uh, covering all kinds of subjects, creation, evolution, abortion, um, you know, how do we know the Bible is the Word of God? And something that's really relevant today is the issue of homosexuality. And uh, today what I want to talk about, we, we have a very special guest on the show today. If you, ha- if you don't know him, uh, he, he's becoming more and more well-known because he's putting out such fantastic movies. His name is Ray Comfort of Living Waters. And Ray, I just wanted to thank you for being on the show today. Oh, great to be on. Thank you, Kim. You know, Ray, uh, I just wanted to share with our, with our listeners um, some of the amazing movies that you put out, uh, including 180, uh, with millions of hits on YouTube. You have uh, the movie Noah, um, also with, with uh, hundreds of thousands of hits, uh, these incredible movies where you're making the gospel relevant to um, you know, people in, in what people are thinking about today. And your latest movie, Audacity, uh, just recently came out, and it's so relevant because of uh, what's happening, just kind of the cultural war in our country today. The, the Supreme Court just made the decision to legalize same-sex marriage and pretty much mandate the legalization of same-sex marriage in every, uh, in every state in our nation. And uh, I guess a great place to start would be uh, what prompted you to make this movie on homosexuality along with what, what's happened in our culture? Well, I, I really didn't want to make the movie uh, just uh, over a year or so ago. A number of people kept coming to me and saying, look, you've done Evolution versus God on Evolution, uh, uh, 180 on abortion and other movies. Do one on homosexuality. Christians don't know how to share their faith when it comes to this. It's very awkward. I remember I was uh, flying from Germany to London about a year and a half ago, and I sat next to a middle-aged gentleman, and I made some small talk, and I said, do you have a family? He says, I have a husband. Oh, wow. And I thought, gulp. You know, how, do you say, that's nice? Yeah. You can't even say that's nice. Yeah. And so I didn't stare out the window for the next hour and a half. I chatted with him, but it gave me empathy for the average Christian who hasn't related to as many people as I have when it comes to the gospel and how awkward that situation would be for them. And, uh, and I said to the guys that kept saying, do something, do something about homosexuality, it's not going to happen. I mean, anyone who even look sideways at homosexuality nowadays, is vilified on a par of someone who's a racist. I said, I don't want that. Yeah. And uh, <clears throat> besides, how do you make a, a, a movie on homosexuality without it being a stereotype and being boring? In the sense that most Christians would tackle a movie like this in a documentary form, would interview ex-homosexuals who are now married with three children and they're real happy. Well, that's kind of stereotype, boring, predictable, and un- only the choir are going to watch it, and I just didn't want to do that. Yeah. And I was on my way to Huntington Beach to open air preachers I do each Saturday, and I saw two girls 
uh, late teens or early 20s walking towards me, kissing each other and having a spirit of perception, I perceived they were probably lesbians. So I yeah. stopped them and I said, would you like to go on camera and talk to me? And to my surprise, they did. And they gave me a 14-minute interview that blew me away. I didn't compromise for a second. And they ended up saying, this has been really good. Thank you for not condemning us. But I had. But instead of doing what most people do in addressing the intellect, I had done the biblical thing and addressed the conscience, something that I've taught for many, many years, even when it comes to homosexuals, uh, as I expanded in uh, a teaching called Hell's Best Kept Secret. So it was as though God dropped in my lap something that could be a backbone for this movie. So I got up that night and I wrote a script and sent it to the guy that helped produce or the main producer of 180, he just wrote back, wow, 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 I can't believe this is the first draft of a script. So that was enough impetus to, for us to have a meeting, uh, decide to create or produce this movie. And a year later, we have this movie that's being tremendously well-received. And I'm so grateful that this happened because yeah. we couldn't have picked a better time when these uh, nine, I think it was, justices came out with this ruling. Yeah, now that, I mean, that's really amazing. I mean, that timing is just, um, that's right from the Lord. I mean, the fact that, you, so were you, did you have in mind what was happening with, uh, you know, the courts and everything when you began the process of making this movie? Was that? Oh, absolutely not. In fact, I, I had to repent because I, I kept saying to our team, nobody is going to watch this. And I'll tell you why. I said, I wouldn't cross the the street to go to a convention on homosexuality. I'm not interested. I wouldn't read a book on homosexuality. I'm not interested, let alone watch a movie on homosexuality. I says, people aren't going to be interested. And yet, what's happened is that Christians across the country have had enough mm. of being vilified, of being called hateful, when we're not being hateful. We're being loving. And, uh, and then when the Supreme Court thing came out, the timing was amazing, and it just it was the straw that broke the camel's back. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and consequently, we have been overwhelmed with people downloading the movie. What we've done is we've offered it two months early to people that download it. They get to see it two months early, but they help us cover the costs. This was not a uh, documentary. This is a Hollywood movie where we, had, we went through uh, uh, talent scouts or, or auditions, and we found actors. We didn't go by their worldview. We went by the ability they had to act. Because I knew that five seconds of bad acting in a movie will sink the ship. Yeah. It's just, it's just horrible. And that's what many Christian movies in the past, up till Fireproof and others, have been known for. And I didn't want that to happen. So uh, it was expensive. This, this helps us uh, cover our costs and also make more Christian movies with it two months where people can download it. Yeah. Uh, eight, uh, August the 19th, uh, we're going to do what, something that's unheard of. We're going to put uh, a movie, a Hollywood movie, online free of charge. And that's when we want Christians to get behind it because that's what causes millions and millions of people to watch. And when Christians take a link, send it to a friend and say, you've got to watch this. So we've got two months to create uh, a sense of excitement within the body of Christ that this is a vehicle that not only addresses the subject, the awkward subject of homosexuality, but carries the gospel with it. You know, we're... we're I looked recently at a list of uh, big organizations that are pro-homosexual, and it's Microsoft, it's, it's Apple, it's Home Depot, and Macy's, and Starbucks, all these, yeah. Starbucks, all yeah. these organizations. What are we going to do, boycott them? It'll, we'll end up boycotting oxygen. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> what do we do? Do we uh, start more petitions? We've been doing that for years. Do we look at politics as a hope for change? We've been doing that for years. That's fine, but it's like a merry-go-round every four years. 
The gospel goes to the heart of the matter. Uh, politics shakes the branches. The gospel takes an axe to the root. If we want righteousness in a nation, it must come with the gospel coming first. That's fantastic. I, I mean, that's what I love about, um, you know, that's what really attracted to me when I first was turned on to your ministry. Uh, what I loved about the way you did things was that you were loving at the same time as not compromising the truth of God's word. And it just comes out in, uh, it always uh, made me laugh how, how, you know, somebody would end up confessing, I'm a lying, thieving, blaspheming adulterer, but they, they weren't doing it as if they, it's not like you, they knew you weren't hateful towards them. They, yeah, people are amazed I don't get beaten up more often. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think it's a lot to do with me being short, you know, there's no challenge to it. <laughs> That's great. I'm short too, so that'll, but, that'll uh, help me out. Yeah, we, uh, I think it's a lot to do with your tone. Perhaps my accent might help just a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, it's a lot to do with your tone if you're, if, if you're really heartfelt about your concern for the lost. And, you know, the use of the law and evangelism when opening up the commandments shows the person you're not trying to change their lifestyle to make them happy. You're concerned that they're going to end up in a terrible place called hell. Yeah. And when they get a grip of that, suddenly they see your motive isn't one of proselytizing. It's just one of deep concern for their eternal salvation. Yeah, and that's another thing. I actually uh, bought the movie last night and watched it, and uh, that's something that really comes out in the movie. We're coming up on a break here, but um, I'm talking with Ray Comfort of Living Waters Ministries. You can go to his his, uh, site, download this movie. It's called Audacity. It's fantastic. I I couldn't recommend it more highly. Along with many of the other movies, I've I've used God vs. Evolution uh, many, many times. Very well done movies, and... um, I just want to encourage you to check those out. Also, if you're local to San Diego, we're going to be showing this movie at the Creation Museum out in Santee. It's the Creation and Earth History Museum this Thursday evening uh, around 6 o'clock. So um, I'll also be there for a quick uh, question and answer afterwards just to discuss some of the confusing issues surrounding uh, homosexuality. And there's a lot of questions that come up. One of the big questions that comes up is, hey, is a person born this way? Can they change? Um, and our culture is is very confused about um, you know the kind of the science, the logic behind the issues, and and Christians a lot of times are confused about hey how do I respond to a family member or a friend who is involved in the homosexual lifestyle? I don't want to come off as somebody who's hateful, but at the same time I feel like I need to say something. What do I do? We're here with Ray Comfort. We're going to be right back, and we're going to continue this discussion, get a better grip on how to deal with these issues. What do leading local restaurants have in common? They depend on Express Fix Coffee for new and used coffee and espresso machines, repairs, and affordable monthly service. Dave Martin and his local team provide water filtration services too. Call San Diego's best espresso repair company, serving your home and business. Learn more online at expressfixcoffee.com. Call Express Fix Coffee at 619-867-3853. 619-867-3853. Add historic American beauty to your home today with genuine Amish furniture. It's built in the USA from solid cherry wood with a bourbon finish. Or choose alternative woods and finishes to accent your home's decor. You'll find it all at Tucker's Valley Furniture. For over 65 years, the Tucker family has served San Diego County. Still family owned. Cash and Carry and Tucker's Valley Furniture. Two stores, both right across the street at Main and Mollison in El Cajon. Learn more at tuckersvalleyfurniture.com. San Diego's home for intelligent, conservative talk. AM 1170, The Answer. 
Thanks for tuning in to Educate for Life. I'm your host, Kevin Conover. We're on AM 1170, The Answer, in San Diego every Sunday, 4 to 5 p.m. You can also stream the show at am1170theanswer.com. And my website's educateforlife.org. You know, we're discussing a a somewhat controversial subject uh, ever since the Supreme Court made the decision to um, legalize same-sex relationships, same-sex marriage in all 50 states. Uh, it's just been a firestorm. I mean, all of our, my own Facebook page has all kinds of uh, discussions going on, and uh, some people are just very emotionally uh, distraught over this, and it's causing a lot of rifts and relationships and friendships. And um, as Christians, um, you know, the Bible is very clear. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall inherit the earth, right? Uh, live at peace as much as possible with all those, um, you know, who, who you're with. We're, we're to love our enemies and pray for those who persecute us. So we want to be able to better handle this issue of homosexuality. And my guest today is Ray Comfort. Uh, he just recently came out with a movie, I believe just last week, um, uh, called Audacity, dealing with the issue of homosexuality. And it is a fantastic movie. It's not a documentary. It's an actually uh, a movie with a storyline. And I wanted to ask you, Ray, um, you know, we touched uh, just briefly on what makes Audacity different, but what else is there about the movie that makes it, it different? And what is the storyline? Well, the storyline is a young guy who's a, uh, a stand-up comedian, or he wants an aspiring stand-up comedian, who finds himself in the awkward position of being confronted with lesbians and people who are pro-homosexual pro and not knowing how to relate to it. And he has a nightmare, wakes up, and begins uh, studying on how to answer. And, uh, and it's, a, it's a, a very interesting storyline in the sense that it has little twists and turns that you don't expect. But um, the exciting thing is it, it cuts at the very foundation of the argument for homosexuality. The argument is this. Homosexuals are born this way. It's not a learned practice. They're born that way. It's natural. God made them like that. Therefore, it's not a moral issue. That They can't help it. you just yeah. got to accept it. Mm-hmm. And what happens in the movie, and you can see it in the trailer on audacitymovie.com, is that people who are pro, they are born that way, change their mind in a matter of seconds simply because they're asked two very simple questions. And that's very exciting because it really cuts to their argument. So you're saying in the movie they they actually admit that yes I can change I can change is is that what in you're the saying? movie they admit that homosexuals aren't born that way okay that it's a it's a decision if I commit adultery I can't say oh, I committed adultery I was just born with this propensity all my life I've wanted to commit adultery it's not yeah. my fault yeah. God made me like that no 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 you are morally responsible you made a decision to commit adultery same with fornication you know I I prayed that God would take away my sexual thoughts. Every time I look at a woman, I have lustful thoughts. I want to have sex with her. Oh, you know, God made me like this. So I've just come out of the closet and I've become a fornicator and God is really pleased with me because this is how he made me. No, no, you're morally responsible. Exactly the same with homosexuality. Scripture says, do not be deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites will inherit the kingdom of God. So Scripture is very clear. We make a decision to sin. Yeah, uh, because we have a propensity. Look, we're like moths to the flame, propensity towards sin, because we have a sinful nature that, that we receive, we've inherited from our forefathers, Adam. Well, that makes a lot of sense. You know, um, 
just 40 years ago, every state in the U.S. outlawed homosexuality. I've done my own research on this. I know in uh, Illinois was the very first state to legalize same-sex marriage in 1961. And then in the 1970s, it was just state by state by state until the Supreme Court completely legalized homosexuality, I believe, in 2003 uh, with Texas. Uh, and they just overturned the laws of 13 states. Um, what, what happened to change people's attitudes so drastically? Well, I, I think it's the, the power of uh, Hollywood. Hollywood, when I say Hollywood, I mean the entertainment industry, the music industry that reaches literally hundreds of millions, especially of young people. Uh, the the uh, magazine uh, entertainment industry, the videos and radio and, uh, and, and television and movies, uh, Hollywood tends to attract people with a certain philosophy. They, they, they want the praise of men. They want to be in front of a camera. They want to be rich and famous. They want the money and the girls mm. sort of thing. They're not the sort of people that are in line with the average American who goes to church on Sundays and believes in God and country. Uh, they, they live in their own world. And they're not the sort of people that gravitate towards the humility of Christianity. So you have this, this industry which is ungodly and very aggressive in their philosophy and push it through their medium. And so consequently, with, you know, when, when young people are watching Madonna kiss another woman on stage, yeah, yeah. That, that affects them, especially when they don't know about homosexuality in its past, that people wouldn't put in prison 40 years ago for... You know, they were given hard labor in certain states because homosexuality was a deviant crime and they had public television announcements warning people about these homosexuals. And what's happened is America has come into line with Hollywood. It didn't take too long, just a generation. So they're now in step with the philosophy, the godless philosophy of Hollywood. So that's a message to all the parents out there that we've got to really uh, guard our children's hearts and their minds. Oh, absolutely. Now, um, you know, in the, in the legal environment in the U.S., there's all this controversy on homosexual weddings. You have people losing their businesses because of uh, not being willing to participate in a homosexual wedding by baking a cake or making flowers or doing photography. And that's an important question. Um, What about you? Would you attend a homosexual wedding? Just on one condition. You know, when the the traditional minister says, Dearly beloved, we're gathered here today in the sight of God to join this man and this woman together in holy matrimony. This is a picture of Christ and his virgin bride, the church. That's why a bride wears white. Mm. Uh, And then when he says, uh, if anyone has any lawful reason why this man and this woman should not be joined together in holy matrimony, let him speak now or forever hold his peace. I'd say, excuse me? Yes, I'd like to speak now if that's okay. Thank you for the invitation. Yes, I'd like to say this is not a marriage. This is two men. This is not a man and a woman being joined together in the sight of God in holy matrimony as a picture of Christ and his church. This is two men being joined together. It's not a marriage. It's just a civil union legalized by the government. It's like me saying, hey, I believe my VW Beetle is a Lamborghini. It doesn't, yeah. change, it doesn't change anything just because I called it a Lamborghini. And marriage, a, a union between two men doesn't become a marriage just because people say so. And I'd say, just wanted you to know that. And also, I'd like you to know the Bible says, do not be deceived. Neither fornicators, idolaters... Uh, adulterers, homosexuals, <laughs> sodomites will not inherit the kingdom of God. You can't get in if you're an adulterer, fornicator, homosexual. Yeah. You need to repent and trust Christ who died for your sins and rose again on the third day. And everlasting life is yours if you repent and trust Christ. And because I won't be throwing rice as you go on your honeymoon, uh, and I won't be applauding when I watch you kiss after the vows, and I won't be uh, applauding when I see you dancing together, I better leave now because I'll be a bit of a wet blanket. But thanks for letting me speak. Bye.
Yeah. So obviously the the, the answer is uh, unless there's some uh, miraculous circumstance, the answer is you probably won't be attending any homosexual weddings I anytime soon. I probably won't yeah. be throwing rice yeah. on their honeymoon. Yeah. Now, uh, you know, a lot of people have actually said differently. There's been some pastors that have come out and actually uh, said no, that they, they may attend a homosexual wedding. And I guess my question for you would be, why are some church leaders caving on, you know, this whole issue? I don't think they've thought it out. I mean, seriously, but what do you, but you're there as a witness of a, of a marriage between a couple. Yeah. Uh, you're there to, would, you, would, would a pastor really applaud as they kiss after the wedding vows? When they lift the veil, if that's going to be lifted, I don't know if they do that. You know, would he throw rice as they go on their honeymoon? You know, it's a, kind of a sick feeling to just be a part of that. Yeah. And yeah. so I don't think they've thought it out. And I think, I think this issue is polarizing Christians. It's really showing the, the, the separating the sheep from the goats. It's yeah. those who are Judases and those who are followers of Christ. Uh, either you love God and love his word, um, or you don't. And this is showing those that love God and uphold his word and care about the lost. I mean, there's one elevator sequence in Audacity that really shows that if you don't warn homosexuals, you're not being loving, you're being hateful. Yeah. You've yeah. got their blood on, on your hands. And uh, can I mention the trailer and where they can watch uh, oh, it? Oh, absolutely. Please yeah, do. Yeah, you can see the trailer uh, at audacitymovie.com. As I said earlier on, literally thousands of people have been downloading it. Thousands downloaded it in the first 24 hours. And we are absolutely delighted with the response. And, and, and if you watch it and love it, please tell other people about it because there's only a certain amount of time that we've got uh, before the trumpet sounds. And I, I, wanna, I want this movie to reach hundreds of millions throughout the world. Amen. I, I completely agree with that. Well, Ray, I, it's been a real blessing and a pleasure uh, having you online here and on, on our uh, show here today. And, and I'm so excited about the movie. We'll continue to promote it. And uh, I just wish you all the best. And you're in our prayers. Your ministry's in our prayers, uh, making such a radical difference for the kingdom of God. So thank you very much for being on the air with us. I really appreciate it. Thank oh, you. Okay. Have a great day. We'll be, we'll be right back, folks. We're going to continue this discussion on the issue of homosexuality. I'm going to talk about some of the science behind the issue of homosexuality. And we'll discuss, um, you know, what evidence do we have that people are not born this way from a scientific perspective? We'll be right back. Hi, this is Jason Hall, president of Team Home Loans, a branch of Synergy One Lending. I just want to take this opportunity to thank Kevin Conover for the profound impact he's had on mine and my wife's spiritual life, as well as being an incredible teacher while our kids were his students. His knowledge and passion have taught us all how important it is to be defenders of our faith. It's our honor and privilege to support Kevin and his show. It is our sincere hope and prayer that you will continue to learn to be defenders of your faith through Kevin's radio show and through his Educate for Life teaching. Thank you, Kevin, from the Hall family and Team Home Loans. Wake up, America. Diets don't work. Two-thirds of us are overweight or obese, and most of us have dutifully dieted our way there. Research indicates the average woman spends 17 years of her life on a diet. Stop dieting. You can lose weight permanently. Thousands already have. Call now for a free DVD. Your body is a divine miracle. Activate the miracle and lose weight permanently with healing foods. Call the Smart Food Club at 888-787-8188. AM 1170 The Answer and am1170theanswer.com. Welcome to Educate for Life. I'm your host, Kevin Conover. We're on AM 1170 The Answer in San Diego. You can also stream the show at am1170theanswer.com. 
My website is educateforlife.org, and we just uh, got off the phone with Ray Comfort of Living Waters, uh, Audacity the Movie, or at audacitymovie.com. You can check out his new movie uh, covering the issue of homosexuality. He does it in a very creative way. It's a story. It's not a documentary, and very interesting, and uh, brings out a lot of great things. And, you know, something that really touches me about the movie is that he really shows that uh, Christians are here to love people, not to condemn people. And, and Christ said this in John chapter 3, verse 17. He said, I come to the world to save the world, not, not to condemn the world, but to save the world. And in John 10, 10, he says, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. And that's really what Christ is all about. And ultimately, that's what this issue is about. But, you know, a lot of people are confused about uh, whether homosexual, you know, somebody is born homosexual or whether somebody actually has a choice in the matter. Because many people say, hey, I don't have a choice. Um, you know, I'll give you an example. I, I was a property manager in, um, in San Diego in the Hillcrest area which there is a, a large uh, homosexual community in the Hillcrest area. And my wife and I were property managers there. We managed 18 units at an apartment complex. And every time somebody would um, come to turn in their rent, I would um, always ask them, hey, is there anything I can pray for you for? And I was always very loving and kind to everybody. And, and uh, people knew that we were Christians. And, and uh, you know, nobody, nobody thought less of us or anything. And about half the people in this particular apartment complex were uh, homosexual. One day I had a guy, a gentleman come up to me and, he was turning in his rent, and, and I said, uh, the typical, is there anything I can pray for you for? And he says to me, uh, yeah, actually, there is something I, can, I, I would like you to pray for me for. And keep in mind, this was probably maybe 10 years ago that this happened. Uh, and he says, and I said, what's going on? And he said, well, I'm getting married. And I said, you're, you're getting married. Um, now, at that time, it was not legal to get married in California if you were homosexual. You couldn't marry somebody of the same sex. Now, I said, but wait, I thought you were homosexual. How are you getting married? And he said, well, actually, I'm marrying a woman. And I said, you're marrying a woman, uh, but I thought you were homosexual. And he said, I am. Now, now by this time, I was very confused. I mean, what in the world is going on? But um, I said, explain to me what's happening here. What, I don't understand what you're, what's going on. And he says, he says well, he says, um, I want to marry her because I know that if I, if I don't, I will die um, – a painful death and I will die alone. And, and I said, what do you mean? He said, that's the way it is among uh, the, the gay male homosexual, uh, homosexual community. And uh, that was a very sad statement. And, and uh, he, he told me that he wanted to be straight, but he couldn't be straight. He didn't know how to, he didn't know how to do that. And um, I, at the time had no resources to give him. I didn't know what, you know, what, what to do. I didn't, I wasn't very informed about the subject, but uh, it really got me thinking about what's going on here. And so the question is, how can a person, uh, if, if somebody wants to change, they want to be straight, but they're having such a difficult time um, changing to straight, then what's, what's going on behind the scenes here? What's going on biologically? What's going on psychologically here? So this issue is important for a variety of reasons. One of those is that uh, it determines whether somebody can change from homosexual to heterosexual, right? Uh, can somebody change from heterosexual to homosexual? Sure seems like it. I know quite a few people who have... Uh, made that choice, uh, who say they weren't born homosexual, but uh, can somebody change from heterosexual to homosexual? And if they're having a difficult time, why are they having a difficult time? So I want to just touch on these issues so that um, people can be more informed about it. And uh, I encourage you to do your own research also. It also is important, this question is also very important because, because uh, if a person is born that way, it's hard to say to a person, okay, you, you can't, um, let's, say, uh, let's say a life insurance company is, 
is going to give life insurance to somebody. Now, when, if, if you've got life insurance, you know that they ask you all kinds of questions about how you live because they're going to determine whether you're worth the risk of them insuring you or not. If you are a stuntman, uh, life insurance companies literally will not give you they will not give you um, insurance. Why not? Because they know that you're a super high risk. They're probably going to have to pay out soon, right? And so they don't give you the insurance. Uh, well, God forbid they have to pay it soon, but that's a dangerous job. And they, they, so they don't want to insure you because they're not going to make any money. They're in the, they're in the business to make money. Um, and so they will discriminate against a stuntman. And is that legal? It is legal. Why is it legal? Because it's a choice to be a stuntman. Um, you have a choice. You're not born a stuntman, right? Um, it's a choice. And so if uh, somebody is born as a homosexual, and by the way, male homosexuality, uh, you have the increase you have of getting particular types of diseases is through the roof. Uh, particular types of cancer goes up by 4,000% if you engage in the homosexual lifestyle. Um, you also have an increase in... Uh, AIDS, HIV. Uh, many people aren't aware of this, but 60% of all new HIV AIDS cases are among men who have sex with men. That is just a fact. They only make up about 2% of the population, but they make up 60% of all new HIV AIDS cases. Now, you can be sure that a life insurance company is going to know this. So uh, under the current you know, situation, um, because there's this myth out there that people are born genetically homosexual, that... Uh, they can't discriminate um, against that, right? So, so if it comes out, hey, a person is not born this way, this is a choice they're making uh, ultimately, then there is going to be discrimination based on that. And it would be – rightfully, they would be able to discriminate because it's a choice. It's kind of like at In-N-Out Burger, they don't hire somebody with, any, with a visible tattoo. Well, why don't – is that legal for them to s discriminate like that? Well, yeah, it is because getting a tattoo is a choice. So if you have a visible tattoo, they can say, I'm sorry, but we're not going to hire you. On the other hand, if you have a visible birthmark, right, then they cannot discriminate against you because it wasn't a choice. You were born that way. And so this is a re really important issue to understand um, because it has so many ramifications in our culture and important ramifications. I want to start off by just saying that uh, Francis Collins, who is the head of the Human Genome Project, or, or was the head, um, one of the foremost geneticists in the world, um, specifically made a statement that homosexuality is not har hardwired. And um, that was a statement made by him April 4th, uh, two, 2007. Um, and most scientists understand that homosexuality is not something that you are genetically born with, like eye color or hair color or something like that. And there is a very famous um, professor of psychiatry at Columbia University. Uh, I'm not sure if he's still there, but he was there. And he made this statement. His name is Robert Spitzer. He said, like most psychiatrists, I thought that homosexual behavior could only be resisted and that no one could really change their sexual orientation. I now believe that to be false. Some people can and do change. Now, what's interesting about Robert Spitzer, though, is he's recanted on that statement that homosexuals can change, but mostly because, and this is my my guess on this, uh, the the reaction he got from the radical homosexual um, community activists was very violent. Uh, he was uh, threatened, uh, called horrible names, told uh, he should be fired, all kinds of things, and not being dedicated to Christianity or to the Bible or to the truth in a sense, he ended up saying, hey, you know what? I think maybe I was wrong. I guess homosexuals can't change. Uh, 
interesting that that pressure would lead to that. But, you know, probably at this point in his life, he cares more about having a good life than he does about necessarily uh, getting involved in a very heated emotional political issue. So uh, he did make that statement at one time, though. And he's not the only one. Uh, Dean Hamer, Dr. Dean Hamer, he is... uh, he was called the gay gene researcher. He's a gay man himself, and he specifically made a statement about homosexuality. Now, you would think uh, he's going to be in a very biased position because he's homosexual, and um, he's very specifically looking for the causes of homosexuality in the genes. And when we get back, I'm going to tell you what he said about about uh, the genetics of homosexuality, and we will uh, continue this discussion. Okay, we'll be right back. Stay with us. It's a very interesting thing and very important thing that we have to understand and uh, get a grip on. In 1947, Gordon Tucker began serving San Diego County families. Today, the family tradition continues with two stores, Tucker's Valley Furniture and Cash and Carry, both right across the street in El Cajon at Maine and Mollison. Whether you want today's modern, eco-friendly furniture or authentic Amish furniture from solid cherry wood built in America, let the Tucker family serve your family. Learn more at tuckersvalleyfurniture.com. A proud sponsor of Educate for Life with Kevin Conover. Hi, this is Jason Hall, president of Team Home Loans, a branch of Synergy One Lending. I just want to take this opportunity to thank Kevin Conover for the profound impact he's had on mine and my wife's spiritual life, as well as being an incredible teacher while our kids were his students. His knowledge and passion have taught us all how important it is to be defenders of our faith. It's our honor and privilege to support Kevin and his show. It is our sincere hope and prayer that you will continue to learn to be defenders of your faith through Kevin's radio show and through his Educate for Life teaching. Thank you, Kevin, from the Hall family and Team Home Loans. This is AM 1170, The Answer. Welcome to Educate for Life. I'm your host, Kevin Conover. We're on AM 1170, The Answer in San Diego. You can also stream the show at am1170theanswer.com. My website is educateforlife.org. You can take all kinds of classes, including classes about the issue of homosexuality, um, understanding the causes of it understanding the the biblical viewpoint, why the Bible holds the viewpoint it does, understanding the importance of how we define marriage, all kinds of very critical questions that I answer in my classes. And uh, just go online, very interesting uh, classes. I've got all kinds of slides and pictures and everything else um, to keep it from getting boring or anything like that. So that's at educateforlife.org. Just go under classes and click on those. So uh, what we're talking about right now is uh, what is the cause of homosexuality? Do in light of all the things happening in our culture, um, are people born homosexual? Do they not have a choice in the matter? Or uh, is it a choice that people make somewhere along the way? Lots of people have very strong opinions about this, but really what we want to get down to is the facts. Um, So I I was referencing Dr. Dean Hamer, uh, who is considered the gay gene researcher, just because he has such extensive um, knowledge and insight and Uh, time that he spent on trying to identify a gay gene. He said this statement about um, about gay, uh, uh, you know, if there's a gay gene. Genes are hardware. The data of life's experiences are processed through the sexual software into the circuits of identity. I suspect the sexual software is a mixture of both genes and environment in much the same way the software of a computer is a mixture of what's installed at the factory and what's added by the user. 
And this was this is way back in 1994, the science of desire, um, in an article that that uh, was published. So that's by uh, it's New York Simon and Schuster. If you want to look into that, uh, very interesting. He spent a lot of time on that. So what he's saying there essentially is this is not. Um, this is not something that is purely genetic. Uh, of course, it's got to have a component of genetics because of the fact that you couldn't have the environment act on nothing. It's got to be able to act on something. So what is it acting on? It's acting on your genes. And uh, so, But you don't come out with genes that make you purely uh, homosexual. Uh, is it possible that somebody might have a tendency towards that? Sure, that's possible. But uh, just like they would, somebody might have a tendency toward alcoholism or a tendency towards uh, anger issues or anything else, um, that's what it is. Now, the American Psychological Association made a statement on this, and it's in their booklet, APA's booklet, Answers to Your Questions About Sexual Orientation and Homosexuality. They said, various theories have proposed differing sources for sexual orientation. However, many scientists share the view that sexual orientation is shaped for most people at an early age through complex interactions of biological, psychological, and social factors. And the point I'm making here is that unlike something that's purely genetic, like eye color or, for example, cystic fibrosis or some other genetic disease, homosexuality is not that. Um, People are not uh, born, quote, born homosexual. So this is very important that we understand this issue uh, in regards to that, and we're able to explain that. So there's the probably the most significant study ever done on this was done by N.E. Whitehead, Dr. N.E. Whitehead, and he did what's called um, a registry study, okay, and in this study, using the database in Australia, they have a twin collection database. These are identical twins. They have 14,000-plus identical twins. And what they essentially found was that if one twin was homosexual, 38% of the time his identical brother was two. And for lesbianism, the concordance was 30%. Um, so it it doesn't matter whether you uh, – it, it, it doesn't matter how you, you, you look at this. This is – clearly not genetic in the sense that it that you have no say in the matter or your environment has no impact on your uh, sexual identity and that is because um if it was going to be 100% genetic then you would have to have 100% of the time when one twin is homosexual the other twin is also homosexual but what we have here are variations anywhere from 30% to 50% they're getting on these different studies um, the snowball studies that are done are less reliable than uh, the the registry study. And, uh, and and so, again, this is any whitehead if you want to look into this. Uh, and multiple studies have been done demonstrating that only sometimes when it, one twin is homosexual does the other become homosexual. And, in fact, uh, most of the time, more than 50% of the time, when one twin is homosexual, the other is not. And so this is uh, less than... Uh, 50% of the time that you have the the homosexual identity uh, there with the twins. So this is pretty scientifically conclusive that a person is not born homosexual. But, of course, the big question arises, well, if it's, it, if it's not genetic, if this isn't what's happening, then what in the world is going on? And why is it so hard for some people to change um, 
from homosexual to heterosexual, even though they, they desperately want to. And, you know, uh, there have been several um, documentaries made on this issue. Uh, a while back, Oprah Winfrey came out with a movie on this. Uh, this is our America. Lisa, uh, I believe, I can't remember her name exactly. Lisa Ling, I believe it was, said, uh, was the host for the show. And she goes around interviewing people, Christians who were homosexuals who wanted to change, but couldn't change. And, uh, it goes into a lot of depth. It's, it's very, very interesting. And they did a relatively fair, uh, analysis of the issues, but although they didn't give, um, they didn't give the whole story, but, I want to encourage you to look up an article. This is by Julie Heron. She has she has a PhD. She's also an LMFT, a licensed marriage and family therapist. And uh, she wrote an article called Homosexuality 101, What Every Therapist, Parent, and Homosexual Should Know. And uh, essentially what she comes down to, she has a formula. She says that genes plus brain wiring plus prenatal hormonal environment equals your temperament. Okay, now your temperament, uh, if you've ever taken a temperament analysis, your temperament is uh, um, they have a variety of different temperament analyses. And the disc, if you've heard of the disc, it's one of the most famous ones. You have uh, different temperaments. There's a D, an I, an S, and a C. And then each of these letters represents certain um, ways you behave in different environments, right? The D tends to be very aggressive, kind of leadership-oriented, uh, very get-it-done, less personable. The I is very um, is very kind of happy-go-lucky, likes to have fun, really enjoys uh, you know life. In some of this, the, these personality analyses, they they put animals with the different temperaments. Like the D would be a lion, uh, the I would be an otter in some of them. Uh, then there's the S. The S tends to be um, very servant-oriented kind of a person, uh, kind of behind the scenes. They don't uh, care to necessarily be um, get recognition for their for what they've done. They just love serving people and 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 just getting things done. And I think those people are the holiest. I'm not an S, but uh, anyway. And then there's C's. C's are the very analytical people, very slow to make a decision, and they they really think things through. They're very methodical. And uh, and so uh, you have all these different temperaments. Now, what Julie is saying is that your genes plus your brain wiring plus your prenatal hormonal environment equal your temperament. And, and so by and large, your temperament is not something that you have a choice in. It's, it is the way you're born, born. And then she says parents plus peers plus experiences equals your environment. So parents, peers, experiences, what you go up, go, go through in life. Um, the relationship you have with your parents as a child, um, all these different things. Uh, you know, if you have peers, if you, if you have brothers and sisters, if you don't have brothers and sisters, all these different things affect, uh, you and provide what, what would be considered your environment. Now, if you take all of that temperament plus environment, that will affect your orientation. So what I mean is, um, you will, you will begin to develop uh, an orientation either towards homosexuality or heterosexuality based upon these things that happen. Now, for a, lot in, um, for a long time, there was a very traditional and typical understanding of how homosexuality developed. Now, that has been uh, basically shut down in a lot of areas specifically because it's not politically correct. And people are afraid, hey, if more and more people know this, then we can't make the case that we're born this way and therefore we won't, we won't be able to um, we, we will be able to be discriminated against and, and we won't have, quote, 
civil rights like uh, people of different colors have civil rights, right? Uh, often the homosexual movement is compared to the civil rights movement for blacks. And yet blacks are very clearly born with a particular color of skin. That is genetic. That is, there, there's no question about it. Um, but homosexuality is not the same as that, even though people want to equate that because they want to be, make the same arguments in, in courts of law. And uh, sadly, there has been this mass uh, myth that has become popularized, and most people are completely unaware of the fact that homosexuality is not something you're born with, um, like your skin color, and they have equated it with skin color. So very, very sad. Now, I'm going to give – in our final segment, I'm going to give an example of how a person could potentially become homosexual. Um, what some of the causes might have been. So uh, stay with me. We, we will finish up our show here with a, an example of how somebody might become homosexual. Okay, we'll be right back. Wake up, America. Two-thirds of us are overweight or obese, and it's not your fault. End the guilt, frustration, and pain. Stop dieting, starving, and depriving yourself. Free yourself from the bondage of feeling trapped in your body. Forgive yourself. Achieve permanent weight loss with healing foods. You can love food again. You can lose weight permanently. Thousands already have. Call now for a free DVD. Your body is a divine miracle. Learn how to activate the miracle. Call the Smart Food Club at 888-787-8188. Do you have one-button espresso machines in your home or business? They make delicious coffee drinks, but they're not maintenance-free. Express Fix Coffee is San Diego's source for coffee and espresso machine repair, sales, and service. Call Dave Martin at Express Fix Coffee for new and used espresso machines, repairs, parts, and accessories. They'll save you time and money. Call Express Fix Coffee at 619-867-3853. Learn more at ExpressFixCoffee.com. Intelligent, conservative, AM 1170, The Answer. Welcome to Educate for Life. I'm your host, Kevin Conover. We're on AM 1170, The Answer in San Diego. You can also stream the show at am1170theanswer.com. And my website is educateforlife.org. All my shows are podcasts, so I, I would love it if you would sign up for my shows on iTunes. They're also all on YouTube. So you can go to my YouTube channel. Every show I've had is on YouTube, everything we got on there. It's uh, fantastic stuff. Lots of expert guests. Uh, given all kinds of insight and um, huge blessing. You know, my hope for you in this show is that you would understand that the Bible is worthy to be trusted. My hope for you is that you learn to love God more, love people more, and think more deeply about the issues. Um, Let's get below the surface and dig down and find out the truth. Because oftentimes um, we find the truth when we really work at finding it. And uh, it doesn't always reveal itself uh, very quickly. You've got to actually work at it. And that's how it is with this issue of homosexuality. Uh, I just got through interviewing uh, Ray Comfort of Living Waters, who just came out with a movie on homosexuality called Audacity. It's not a documentary. Fantastic movie, audacitymovie.com. And you can uh, check out the, the trailer. It'll be free as of August 19th. But right now he's, uh, he's uh, charging 20 bucks for the download. And that's just to support the ministry. And uh, it is well worth it. I watched the movie yesterday, and it is a fantastic movie. Uh, when we left off in the last segment, I was talking about what the causes of homosexuality are. And I referenced an art- article by Julie Heron, Ph.D. LMFT, and she writes a fantastic article on this called Homosexuality One-on-One, 101, if, what every therapist, parent, and homosexual should know. If you want a copy of this article, feel free to email me. You can also message me on Facebook, follow me on Twitter, and I'd be happy to send you a copy of this article, and uh, uh, it is incredibly insightful. 
And she says in the article, while environmental factors may include experiences of sexual abuse or other traumatic events, a common contributor to same-sex attractions is a disruption in the development of gender identity. Gender identity refers to a person's view of his or her own gender, that is, his or her sense of masculinity or femininity. Gender identity is formed through the relationships that a child has with the same-sex parent and same-sex peers. So... So let me give you an example of how a kid's gender and identity might get messed up. Let's say you have a father, and I'm, this is, I'm, I'm um, speaking from real-world situations here. I, I'm, not, uh, I'm not just uh, arbitrarily making this up. Uh, so I, I do have in mind um, a, a real person that I'm talking about when I, when I give you this story. But essentially, essentially uh, what we're talking about here is uh, so let's say a kid is growing up in a family. The father, he uh, is working really, really hard. Uh, the, the kid is essentially being raised by his mother. And his mother is extremely feminine and uh, is the kind of woman who uh, only knows about um, you know, shopping. She doesn't like to get wet at the pool. She's very, very feminine. Nothing, nothing innately wrong with this, but uh, just happens to be that's the way she is. Now, this little boy is being brought up by her, and she immediately puts him into uh, gymnastics. Now, I'm not. There's nothing wrong with gymnastics. It's great, but for this particular little boy, when he gets into the gymnastics class, all there are, are girls in the classes, all girls. So what's happening here is he's learning about little girls, and his father works from 5 a.m. to 8 p.m. at night. By the time you know he, his father is up before he's up, and uh, by the time he gets home, his son is already in bed. And so this little boy is learning all about cartwheels, doing cartwheels, handsprings, all good, great stuff. In fact, he becomes a very, very competitive and good gymnast. And as he's getting older, um, his mother, because this is what she knows about, she puts him in drama. Okay. So he's in six years old and he's already getting involved in drama. Now he goes to the elementary school. And when he's there at the elementary school, he um, looks out as he's coming out for recess for lunch. And uh, he looks around and he sees girls doing cartwheels, jumping rope and doing all this stuff. He's very comfortable with that kind of stuff. He's very com- comfortable with girls in general uh, because this is over time. This is what he's he's learned about. Uh, he's also been raised by his aunt as well as his mother. But his father is basically out of the picture because his father's working so hard to try to make ends meet. Now, then the um, little boy is he comes out for recess. He goes over to try to play kickball with the boys. And, um, you know, he gets he he, he doesn't has never really learned how to kick a ball or throw a ball from his father. His mother doesn't know about that stuff. And so he, he begins to um, think to himself, I'm different. But it's not even a, almost not even a conscious thought. He just is thinking, I'm different. One of the boys says, you kick like a girl. And he does notice that he kicks different. And every time he plays this, he's picked last. Now, so what he ends up doing is he gravitates towards what he's good at, which is doing cartwheels, handsprings, and so forth and so on. So he's over hanging out with the girls. Now, over time... As he gets into fourth, fifth, sixth grade, he still hasn't learned how to do these other things, but he's just getting better and better at these at, at uh, drama, acting. And again, there's nothing wrong with drama. Drama's great, uh, and that's fantastic. But the thing is, is that there's a lot of girls in there, not a lot of boys, a lot of girls in gymnastics. So what he's being comfortable with is is girls. So over time, he begins to, um, as he gets into seventh grade, some of the boys start to call him names. And... He's not thinking about his sexual identity at all. Um, all he's thinking is, 
hey, I'm, I'm just living my life. But because he does notice he's different, he doesn't fit in with the other boys, and he feels a little ostracized. And uh, he does desire to connect with those boys because he's never had a relationship with them. He's a- actually a little bored with girls because he's learned everything about them. He knows the kind of music they like. He knows the clothes they like. He knows the the songs, they the, the mu- movies they like. He knows what's in with the girls, what's out with the girls. Some of the girls even confide what boys they like. And so, um, you know, he's just, he's, but he wants that relationship with other, other boys. When he gets, hits puberty, um, he ends up this becomes sexualized. And so now he's have, still having feelings of wanting to know boys, but because of puberty, it's, it's become sexualized. So now he's a little bit uh, concerned, um, and he knows he feels very different. He doesn't understand why he feels different, but he definitely feels different. And some of the boys are outwardly calling him mean names now. Now, this little boy actually is a Christian and uh, goes to church on a regular basis, loves God, and very, very outwardly loves God. But he also knows he feels different. Uh, he, he feels bad about the names people are calling him. And he knows he's always felt different, um, even from the time of being a, a little kid. And as he gets into high school, ninth, 10th grade, that this is ongoing. He, he, and the, the persecution he feels gets even worse. And he's very confused now. He doesn't know. Nobody's given him any insight into this or why it's happened, uh, why he feels the way he does. He doesn't understand the psychology of it. He doesn't understand the biology of it. Uh, but this, this is how he feels. And when he hits his junior year, one of the teachers asks him to stay after school. Uh, or after class and says, hey, um, I can tell that you feel different. I know some of the kids are making fun of you. I just want you to know that I'm here for you if you ever need someone to talk to. I went through exactly what you're going through. Um, I'm homosexual and there's nothing wrong with that. And I just want you to know that that you can just embrace it and you know, don't let them bug you. And so the only love he gets is, is now from somebody else who's homosexual. And so now he hasn't committed to being homosexual yet, but he certainly feels that he's always had homosexual tendencies. Um, even though this has been the environment influencing him, um, and he doesn't realize it, he wasn't born this way. It's not his genetics. It was the environment, but he doesn't see it that way. Now, where does it translate or transfer into a situation in which he can't get himself out of? Well, that happens um, maybe later in his, you know, 19, 20, 21. When he hits those stages of life, he finally decides, you know what, I am homosexual. I'm just going to embrace this and I- I'm going to um, just go with it. Uh, it's how I feel and there's nothing wrong with it and I'm just going to do it. And if he begins to engage in the homosexual lifestyle physically uh, in-, in sexual relationships, because the sexual relationship is so powerful and God designed it this way, he designed a man and a woman when they have a, a sexual relationship to be connected to one another. What this is, is, you know, the, the, the sexual uh, high in a, in a relationship has been compared to a opium high uh, in its addictive power. And God, in the right, in the right confines of marriage, uh, this is a very good thing because it bonds two people together. But if, it, if that, that addiction is, happens with uh, something or someone that it's not designed to, it can become very dangerous, right? Fire in your fireplace is warm and cozy and you, you really enjoy it and you love it and it's pretty and it's fun. But fire on your living room floor? No, that's another, that's another story. We don't want fire on a living room floor. We want fire in the fireplace. And the sexual relationship is the same way. God designed the sexual relationship to be within marriage, uh, but you take it outside of marriage and all of a sudden it can do uh, a lot of devastation. And so, 
So um, again, I'm referencing an article by Julie Heron, PhD, LMFT. Uh, she is an expert in this, uh, and there's there's the literature is getting harder and harder to find because uh, it's so it's considered so politically incorrect. But I encourage you don't don't give up on that. Uh, seek out the truth on this. If he is, begins to engage in the homosexual lifestyle, um, physically, sexually. Uh, what will happen is it will become a very, very powerful compulsion um, to the level of almost an addiction. Now, different people experience this to different degrees. So there are some people who this becomes almost what seems like an unchangeable choice. They they cannot get out of it. They, they, They have tried and tried and tried, and they cannot get out of it no matter how hard they try. But on the other hand, some people can and do go from uh, homosexual to heterosexual. In the same way that some people change from heterosexual to homosexual, some people are able to change from homosexual to heterosexual. There are many people who have testified about this. Just go online on YouTube. You can look up several articles uh, or uh, shows on this. I encourage you to look up a YouTube video by NARTH, the National Association for Research and Therapy on Homosexuality. Uh, That will give you a lot of insight. People who, who testify, I was homosexual and I've changed. So depending on how this addiction, uh, this, this uh, compulsion has been initiated in their life will depend on uh, how hard it is for them to change from homosexual to heterosexual if they want. And without Christ, I would say it's next to impossible. Without Jesus Christ and the, the power of God, I would say it, it's next to impossible for some people. So, um, you know, the important thing is that God loves all people and he desires all people to know him. And... Um, that's what the Bible teaches, and he wants us to, to walk with him and live for him and abide by his word because he cares about us and wants us to be safe. So I just really encourage you today, If uh, I hope that this show was a, a benefit to you. Um, don't just take my word for, for what I say. I know there's a lot of people that are skeptical about the things I've shared, but um, look into it for yourself. This is, this is something that's worth your time looking into. It's critical in our culture to understand it um, because it's such a hot topic right now. Okay. Um, I hope you have a fantastic evening. I will see you next Sunday, 4 to 5 p.m. This show is recorded and will be available online at my website, educateforlife.org, tomorrow, uh, YouTube and a podcast on iTunes. God bless you. You have a fantastic evening. Educate for Life with Kevin Conover, a regular feature on AM 1170, The Answer. Learn more about Kevin and his work online at his website, educateforlife.com. That's educateforlife.com. You'll find great resources, ideas, and even video classes there to help you grow and understand what in the world is happening. Encourage your friends to listen for great guests and intelligent analysis of the stories that shape our lives. Educate for Life with Kevin Conover, exclusively on AM 1170. The answer. Bring your tired and bring your shame. Bring your guilt and bring your pain. Don't you know that's not your name? You will always be much more to me. And every day I wrestle with the voices that keep telling me.